This is a Broad Pods production. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is Broad Radio. For you, by you. Broad Radio. Here for more. Hello and welcome to Broad Radio. It's so lovely to be with you. I'm Jo Stanley and this is my co-host today, guest co-host, comedian, creative entrepreneur, writer extraordinaire, Diana Nguyen. Hi, Diana. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited. It's so lovely to have you on this gorgeous day. Now, listen, Mm. we've got lots to talk with you about to catch up on your news. (laughs) We do. (laughs) But the first thing I, I feel like I want to acknowledge, it's a really awful time in the world, right? It's a really hard time. Mm-hmm. The war in the Ukraine is very, very distressing. And then in the home front, we have these terrible floods in northern New South Wales and Queensland. And look it's at that image of people in Lismore on their roofs mm. waiting to be rescued. That's an entire town that's just basically underwater. And this is in Australia. This is, this is our backyard. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's awful. It's really, really awful. And I... I don't know if you saw a tweet from Kirsty Wiebeck yesterday who she said, I feel like the worst person in the world for plugging my tour with everything that's going on. I mean, I feel that too. It's hard to understand how to keep going with your life, mm-hmm. doing the things you're doing, having the fun and the laughs and, and what, you know, you, you trade in laughs. I do. Knowing yes. what's happening to people and their lives and how destroyed they are. I think that's the thing about being human is the resilience that we have and the humanity that things these things happen. It's not like a you know a rosy garden. So I, all we can do is um, be compassionate, uh, be empathetic, support friends who need our help at this time, and you know support. You know, there's fundraisers that are happening at the moment to mm. help people who are in strife up in um, yeah. Lismore and up in Queensland. Yes, yeah, so um, I believe Red Cross is sort of the first go-to if you're wanting to contribute to those who are experiencing the floods in uh, in Australia. Um, and, and for myself, I'm really connected. I can't – I don't – I don't sort of doom scroll on Twitter, but I do like not to turn away. Mm. For me, it's really important to read and hear and see what's happening and sort of hear, particularly there are some people who are sharing what's happening for them like hour by hour in mm. the in Ukraine. Yes. And wow, I, I 
I feel connected to them somehow. Yes, I think it's that's social media nowadays, isn't it? Like if if the Vietnam War was documented the way it was, it would be devastating, mm. second by second. But um, yeah, we live in that world where news is current. Yeah, it's, it's fast news. Pretty extraordinary. Mm. Um, anyway, so I guess we are thinking of you if you are in affected by the floods and. Um, if you are, uh, you know, connected with people, families, friends who are in Ukraine and also Russia too, like ugh, the whole world is, our hearts are breaking. So, mm. um, but we continue on acknowledging that it is a really difficult time and we're here to bring you as fun a show as possible. Um, we have some fantastic conversations coming your way. We're going to be checking in with Kerry Stanley, who is, of course, co-host of Broad Radio. She's up in Sydney. Is going to give us a Mardi Gras report. Yay. If you can't get to Mardi Gras, she'll be bringing us the fun of the fair here. <laughs> we're also going to be checking in with Emma Race, who is, uh, she's just an amazing woman. She's created, oh, co-founder of uh, The Outer Sanctum, one of our favourite podcasts, which is all about women and footy. And she's created with her sister an incredible mentor program for you if you're interested in following a career off the field in sort of the world of uh, sports media. So we'll be able to tell you about that. Plus, we have, um, we're going to be speaking with Bunny Banyai, who is an author who's created a book all about being a traveller and carrying anxiety with you. Oh, my gosh. Something I very much relate to. Now, Diana. Yes, um, you, you. The last time we spoke with you, which was last year, yes. you were about to go into your festival show, mm-hmm. Chasing Keanu Reeves. Yes. And you're, you're doing an encore tour of this. I am. And it's actually funny. Last year when we spoke, I was talking about freezing my eggs. Yes. All that jazz. And yeah. like 12 months later, I'm not freezing my eggs. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, everyone. Your yeah, eggs are still very not. Frozen. They're still inside. <laughs> okay, but chasing Keanu Reeves was sort of about the fact that you're on the search for a, an evolved mm. partner. Yes, all all evolved me. It was, it's actually the show is about chasing um, happiness, mm. and chasing the um, the Diana. In, in in yeah, if I had to give you the real title of the show, the show should be called Chasing Diana to Win. Right. But Chasing Keanu Reeves was just a really good marketing ploy. Okay. <laughs> but Keanu Reeves represents um people who are compassionate, mm-hmm. kind. Kind, gives their seat at the train, you know, um, stops by the road if someone's car's broken down and, mm. and, and is considerate and kind. Yeah. Mm. Um there are people like that out there. And yeah. it seems you've actually found a boyfriend which was one of the things it's kind of the first step towards these babies that you're hoping to have down the track yeah no this is exclusive so i haven't really spoken about this on social media i did speak Mm. to um my boyfriend about can i speak about it but yeah i think part of the chasing counter reeves in 2020 was trying to you know um do a lot of healing do a lot of what does Diana want and set a lot of boundaries. I felt like for most of my single life I've been in relationships, I've just been absorbing a lot of other people's energy and not considering mine. And for the last two years, I decided I'm going to sit in my energy and what do I really want? And then he popped up about a month ago Mm. out of the blue. A bit of a whirlwind, really. And so now you're not chasing Keanu Reeves anymore. No. No, no, I've got a show called Chasing Keanu Reeves and I do talk (laughs) about it because it is part of the the journey of the last two years. But look at him. Um, He's just gorgeous Keanu Reeves. Oh, he's heaven. I mean, there's no question. (laughs) Look at that smile. And the, the Keanu that we all know. 
we assume he's like yes. is that we have seen, we've read reports that he's incredibly compassionate and mm. anybody should want that in a partner. When you're setting boundaries, what did you identify that you wanted? Um, I've been in really bad relationships where I um, allowed things to happen when I didn't listen to the, the red flag. Uh, you know, um, as women, we ignore the red flag because we think we can change them or adapt mm. to them. And I think that's a big problem with women is that we actually need to listen to our gut instinct immediately. And that's what I've been doing for the last two years has been listening to my gut. And I've grown my gut during COVID. It's been amazing. Oh, <laughs> it's, that's It's had a transformation. <laughs> I love that. Well, it's got a superpower it now does. if you're listening to it, it. It is so full with chocolate and love. <laughs> <laughs> and wine um but yeah it's, been, it's just been really wonderful just to go this is my body my body's saying something listen to her yeah yeah I do think I mean I've been with my partner for 20 something mm. years right so it's impossible for me to speak about what it's like to be single in your 30s and heading towards wanting to have a, a baby and not having a partner I yes. can't I don't have lived experience mm. of that but I do want to empower every woman to feel as though you can expect a person who's good for you. That's okay. That's okay, yeah. Yeah. And also the and I think last year when I was on that journey of freezing my eggs, I was in that journey saying, I'm actually not gonna compensate my happiness to meet a man and have a baby with him just to have a baby with mm. him. Mm. It's a you and Daz have this beautiful relationship where it's you know, it's a friendship, but a, a, a relationship, a companionship. And that's what I was seeking for. But I wasn't sure I could find that in 12 months. Mm. I didn't want to rush that. Um, so that's basically what Chasing Keanu Reeves is about. It's not sacrificing me to love someone. It's actually loving me more than I love them. Oh, I love that. That's so yeah. empowering. It's really beautiful. <laughs> hey, so, but the interesting thing, last week we had on the show yes. sex therapist <laughs> oh, Vanessa Meradian yeah. and I saw that you she's your sex therapist. Mm, I do talk about her in my show, Chasing Keanu Reeves. So what, what does one do when you see a sex therapist? talk a lot it's surprising and it was all on during lockdown during on zoom so it wasn't like physical sex therapy <laughs> that people are imagining but it was actually going through the processes and it's a word I'm really traveling right now is the word pleasure yeah. like what gives you pleasure what gives and I you know I talk about joy a fair bit but when women tap into their pleasure that moment of breath or you know you know using toys like what does that mean to a woman and when she is alone? Mm -hmm. And that's, I think it's really powerful when a woman sits with herself, whether like burning a candle or putting sexy music in and grinding and, you know, moving, moving. That's mm -hmm. pleasure for me. It's not necessarily sex. Like so, so people think sex therapy. It's not sex therapy. It's pleasure therapy. And that's what Vanessa taught me well i love it because i don't think that we give ourselves permission it's all we talk a lot about permission on this show mm. and a lot of it what you're talking about is going i'm prioritizing myself yeah. right now mm -hmm. mm. and i think that's really sexy for men when they find women who do prioritize themselves mm. i gotta tell you i'm very tired and if i was to give myself <laughs> that time i think i would fall asleep on myself <laughs> I'd, I'd light a candle and then I'd just like, oh, Make sure you <laughs> blow out the candle before you go to bed. Yeah. 
Well, it's fantastic to have you on the show. Thank Kathy you. agrees. Excited to see Diana on the show. Thanks for joining us, Kathy, and for sharing that comment. Well, all right. It's um it's a great old time in New South Wales at the moment because Mardi Gras is on. I have never been. So uh, those of us who aren't able to get there, let's find out what is going on with Mardi Gras this week. And we're joining Broad Radio co-host Kerry Stanley. Hi there, Kez. Oh no, where's her volume? Have we got sound on Carrie? Oh no. Oh, you got to see the sparkle. She looks extraordinary. I can see it vibrating. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well, do you know what we could do? Because I do know our second guest is there too. So maybe I think Kez might need to go out and back in again. I don't know about that. Why don't we see if we can go straight to our second guest, if Kez can join us after we chat with Bunny. So, um, is Bunny there? Can we hear you, Bunny? You can hear me. I'm oh. here. I had the same problem before, so I had to duck in and duck back out. So oh, here I well. am. And this works for me too, actually, because I've just seen, had to, long story, very tired. I'm on my partner's iPad and I'm just watching the battery go down. <laughs> and down. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this works for me and my anxiety to uh, to be on now before I watch it get to that critical 20% mark. Where oh, my I'm God. That, palpitations it, while we talk. I get it. That is absolutely a, a 21st century issue is you're just watching the batteries oh. just de- deplete before our very eyes. Well, let's, give you, let's give you a proper in, in, introduction then um, because, you know, the world is opening up and people are considering traveling again for myself though i'm an anxious traveler pre-covid i just really struggled with traveling um but you've written a book called anxious girls do it better a travel guide for slightly nervous girls on the go and i bloody love it bunny i think it's it's oh thank you so much well we are similar you and i i'm very risk averse one of the things i always say is no one dies sitting on a couch um, so <laughs> I tend not to do anything adventurous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, having, I'm having kittens right now because we're going to Moosa in a week and that for me is like scaling Everest. So that gives you an idea of where I'm at with adventure. Okay, so so then... <laughs> Noosa you, is not most people's idea of a stressful holiday. It's, no, it's supposed to be very relaxing. But tell us then what... Yeah. Um, when you're someone who has lived with anxiety, but one of the things that you talk about in the book is that there are upsides of anxiety. How does that work? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that anxiety gets a really bad rap. It's uh, it's not sexy. You know, there are plenty of films and television shows depicting uh, women with depression who still have, you know, voracious sexual appetites and it's gorgeous and if you're my age, you grew up with the uh, with Betty Blue, you know the kind of wildly unhinged, sex up, sexed up kind of depressive. But we don't have any of those sort of role models as anxious girls. You don't see, you know, uh, wildly unhinged, overtly sexual women in films um, checking the gas is switched off over and over again, you know. <laughs> and so I am, um, and I've spent my whole life sort of feeling ashamed for not being more chill or for being worried or for not kind of. Um, fitting the image that was so ubiquitous in the 90s and that I think probably still persists of, you know, the ideal woman being someone relaxed and easygoing and not like other girls, not like those kind of, you know, neurotic other women. And uh, and it's only through a lot of therapy and getting older that I've kind of gone, well, actually, like everything that I like about myself is kind of comes down to being neurotic. Mm-hmm. I'm funny. I'm a keen observer of life I've managed to uh, keep myself out of mortal danger because I am risk averse and I just sort of wanted to put it out there that uh, you know out of control anxiety is not a positive thing so you know I'll make that very clear 
but uh, leaning towards the the kind of um, anxious, leaning towards anxiety can can be, you know, it it it's uh, it keeps you alive, you know. Mm. And I think fear, had, particularly in the last couple of years, fear has been really weaponized by the right. Ooh, watch out! I'm going to go on a political rant about the right, <laughs> um, and um, which really doesn't, um, which really you know, kind of takes, I, I think fear should be respected and, and harnessed and can be a really powerful tool. Um, and so I, I wanted to kind of give props to the anxious girls, you know, none of your favourite TV shows would exist were it not for anxious people, mm-hmm. you know. Relaxed people don't make TV, they don't mm, make radio, yeah. they don't make any of the fun stuff that oh has kind gosh. of nourished us during the pandemic. <laughs> You're so right. I think anxious people are very active people. Yeah. The other thing I love yeah. about the book is that you're giving us permission. Like I always say, I'm going to say no, okay? I want to say no to things that scare me. That's my entitlement, yeah. right? People get really cross, yeah. like, oh, you should go on the, you know, the big, you know, the, the the big rides at the show and all those sorts of things or why don't you go scuba diving and why do you like well I don't want to okay that's my choice yeah. however yeah. you can still travel as your book shows but you can do it in a way that exactly. somehow cares for yourself yeah and I think um I mean I think it's been so empowering for me to actually be able to say no I don't want to go camping it makes me anxious not having running water you know uh, and no electricity I don't like to do these things and this is just who I am but when I think I think you know if your anxiety is around spiders and rides then it's absolutely give yourself permission to wholeheartedly reject those things but if you reject travel because of anxiety you are really missing out on um, you know some incredible experiences um, so that's why I think uh, the book the book is really useful oh, I was, uh, well I hope it is anyway <laughs> <laughs> I was reading the book recently and I I was like oh I need a chapter about how to deal with your 60 year old mother on a plane <laughs> I <was> like, oh <laughs> woof <laughs> <laughs> the revised edition. The revised edition. I'll make a note for the, any um, upcoming uh, editions to to do that. I'm just yeah. I'm feeling triggered at the idea of being on a plane with my nearly seventy year old mother. It's stressful enough just trying to get her to open an email. You know, on a new oh, device. No. no, this device doesn't have my Gmail. So yeah, is that something that's coming up for you? <laughs> I do talk it in chasing calories. Like my, we went to Vietnam and my mum decided to pack um, ninety kilos between two people. <gasps> Wow, what was no. it? What was she telling you? Come, come, come see the show. Come see the show. <laughs> but that was my mother was so adamant that this was what she was going to bring in the plane, and and I was anxious for twenty four hours, mm. knowing that we were going through Jetstar, mm. and that the, the budget, yeah. Yeah, I can be an additional writer. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're working. On it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can be a contri- yeah, you can be a contributing editor. Ninety kilos is both of my children and then a third child. So yes. I would love to know what what, what she had in there. Yeah. I will say though, but Bunny- I do understand. I mean, oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I love that you share a packing list in your mm. book because that is one of the things yeah. that I am crippled by is packing. Yes, well, that was going to be my next point, that your mother is displaying classic symptoms of travel anxiety by just packing the kitchen sink. So um, I thought it would be really helpful to have a list in there of what you do and don't need because um, until I wrote this, my inclination was the same, was to just pack as much as possible. My toiletries bag was absurd and I had a very, very sobering moment at um, Changi Airport in Singapore where I had my toiletries bag open and I needed to vomit and my... Uh, middle daughter needed to vomit and I had uh, my youngest on the floor with a full nappy and 
realizing one of a few occasions where I've realized that this toiletries bag is not going to be the thing that saves me from, you know, travel disasters that you can't, you can't kind of pack your way to uh, a seamless holiday. So Mm. I think um, the more kind of structure you can put around those things that you kind of can control, like packing and booking your seat on the flight and uh, knowing, you know, how you're going to get from A to B when you arrive at your destination, those things you can control. Those are the variables you can control. So, um, yeah, I was not thinking with that list. It's got some really great advice from experts too, one particularly from an aviation safety specialist and pilot, which actually for the first time made me go, we do have some control when we're on a plane to be on the plane as safely as possible. That's kind of the first time I thought of it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Same. And uh, look, I haven't flown since I did that interview with Libby, but it was so tremendously reassuring like i said this is a woman who knows more about aviation safety than anyone on the planet just about and has survived a hijacking which i could have written a whole other book about wow Um, but um yeah incredible twa perth to tassie 1983 look it up there's not very much there's actually not much about it but um anyway she um so don't look it up perhaps um and i'll just write a book about it uh but um she knows aviation inside out and she's not scared of flying and the more that i chatted to her the more i realized that you know uh it's not actually like if your plane does get into trouble which is so incredibly rare it's not a given that you're going to be a casualty you know there's so much that you can do to uh to help yourself and i think Oh, I don't have the page open in front of me, but the stats, again, are very reassuring. I think it was something like, look, it was well upwards of 50% of um, even the most serious um, plane crashes are survivable, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's an extraordinarily safe means of transport. But I do think that it just comes down to humans not having wings. We just instinctively go, nope, this is mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. I was not born to fly. I don't live in a nest. I don't want to do this. You know. um, but information is really, information is power when it comes to flying for sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've been referring back to her chapter frequently over the last week, knowing that I have a flight coming up. Well, we it's had- like reading the safety card, you know, on every single flight, like just drilling down that information so that you don't you're not kind of uh, having to dig into the deepest recesses of your mind to access that when you, you know, if you do get into trouble. So knowing that you've kind of really, you know, drilled down all that information, you know, back to front. I feel like such a dag every time I fly because I always study the the safety card. But mm-hmm. um, but it, these are the things that do empower you um, to feel more in control when you're flying. Yes, and, mm. and counting how many seats rose to the yeah. to the exit that is the most when someone said that to me i'm like oh my god i'm gonna do that every single time <laughs> every time yeah yeah it just and helps which libby didn't advise was um uh, if you can get a seat where you're able to make eye contact with the cabin crew i just eyeball the cabin crew the entire time i'm so sorry any cabin crew that are listening because it's probably really unpleasant <laughs> for you but i find that reassuring <laughs> just looking at them because they maintain these perfectly calm facades and so mm. seeing how calm they are how calm and relaxed they are helps me to quell my own anxiety Pro- um, again probably very unpleasant for the cabin crew but well, not great if know, they look like they're panicking though do. if they're panicking they you know you're in trouble though. we've had um <laughs> leanne is telling us that her mom after insuring 
that she had her, so Leanne says, my mom, after ensuring I had my medication in boxes with script info, dropped her Xanax wrapped in clad wrap at the feet of the immigration lady. So now the advice there is don't look like a drug smuggler, yeah. just generally speaking. Don't drop your Xanax in front of, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> um, but actually it is very, uh, it is really wise because I, you know, I travel sometimes with Valium and other mm. sort of painkillers for various medical conditions I have and uh, to you know in order to not look like a drug addict it is very important to have a letter from your GP <laughs> stating what medications you're taking yeah. um, and why because those um, that's another kind of area that you kind of can run into trouble with um, so yeah on that note you know mm. Nana Bunny says uh, make sure you have a letter from your GP with all your medications because what's okay and over the counter here uh, can be a controlled substance in another country. Mm. Sorry, Super useful. Into the very no, no. mundane there, but <laughs> no, I love it, and it's got it, this. I can't recommend the book enough. It's got really useful tips, including from someone who um, is a uh, sexual health expert who who recommends having layers of um, panty shields in your undies. Like the panty multi- liner layer cage. Panty line. Yeah, yeah. I, love, I love that idea so much. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, like the, the world's most malodorous wedding cake. Um, yeah, so um, this, is my, this is my friend who does work in sexual health, so she does know a thing or two about vaginas. And um, so she advises um, if you're a sweater, which I am, to just have, you know, uh, a layer cake of panty liners and as it starts to get... Oh, this is an awful word, but I can't think of another right now. Moist. <laughs> yes. Just go to the bathroom. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I just said moist on radio. Um, I love uh, it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it coming down from my breath. <laughs> just going, don't, 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 don't say that. Um, but anyway, so you just you go to the bathroom and you take off one panty liner and then you've got a nice fresh one underneath and this for me is such a revelation because i'm a sweater and i'm a nervous flyer so and Mm. it's very i mean you know how unpleasant it is to sit Mm. in that it's brilliant yeah yeah the other idea though which i think is slightly less cracked i mean i think maggie's (laughs) idea is genius but it's so incredibly lazy is that you can just take a packet of panty liners yes and keep changing them you can also do that if you don't want to kind of sit atop a you know palace of panty liners <laughs> <laughs> a throne of panty liners <laughs> oh look we love the book head out and get it bunny banyai thank you so much not all of us are traveling overseas maybe we're going to noosa or maybe it's just um if you're catching a train to work yes. <laughs> sometimes there's a lot yeah, of anxiety yeah, there absolutely. as well yeah, yeah. so thank you so much bunny it was great to chat with you great to chat with you thanks guys ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, I'm really hoping that the beautiful Kerry Stanley is there ready and waiting for us to talk all things Mardi Gras. She looks fabulous. She's amazing. Um, and yeah. she sounds fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sparkling away. I'm bringing a little bit of daytime sequin to the show, darling. Oh. Um, first, let me say... How funny is Bunny? I was, I was cackling away. I know. <laughs> Great advice too. Great advice. And also this, look, I think we've got to embrace the word moist. I know people I love hate it. it, but you know. I love a moist chocolate about... cake. Everyone loves moist chocolate cake. <laughs> I know. If you happen to watch the, um, the Great Australian Bake Off, geez, they say moist over and over. <laughs> That's a good one. I can imagine. Let's, so, let's get off the moist. Well, it's, it's very moist here in Sydney, I oh. have to say, because it's it's raining a, a lot. Uh, sun's slightly peaking out now, but you didn't uh, dial me in to talk about the weather. No. Uh, we're, here <laughs> to talk about, we're here to talk about Mardi Gras. That's right. So, Kez, um, I've never yes. been to Mardi Gras. So, what, what am I missing out on? I know. Well, it is not... It's not just a parade and um, a festival and a party at the end of, of, of all. It is a three-week festival that has started a couple of weeks ago. We had Fair Day that was on two weeks ago, which was incredible. Thankfully, we had really nice weather for that. So we had um, that's we had lots of performances, uh, cultural experiences, community all comes out. So it's where everyone comes together. Oh, you're seeing a couple of fun fun people there. Um, <laughs> comes together and, and celebrates. So And Mardi Gras is not just about the party. Though there is a lot of that that goes on, which is fabulous, but it's also very much about community roots at heart. Mm. So you're seeing a lot of uh, queer arts culture that goes on. A lot of um, uh, currently, uh, we've got a, one more exhibition that's coming up. Sorry, that's currently on that you can get along to called Queer Arts um, Yesterday's Heroes: The Golden Age of of Gay, and it celebrates the um, the many cis- Sydney gay and lesbian artists who contribute to the gay aesthetic. Uh, and challenge the heterosexual norm. So that's currently on. There's a really fantastic queer arts. The National Gallery sells out super quickly. I couldn't even get a ticket. I'm like, damn it, I missed out on that one. Um, but that was super quick. And but also we also celebrate our sporting communities, which is really fun. So it's another way of connecting us as well. So at Fair Day, all of the, the local sporting communities, gay, uh, LGBTIQA plus communities come together and they try and you know recruit you for fun times, for social activity, for health and fitness as well. And so um, myself and Lexi went along to an open day on Saturday with Different Strokes, which is a dragon boat racing team. Oh, there's a picture oh, of them there. Wow. Oh, Look at those arms. And, <laughs> yeah. I plan I plan to have arms like that in there. Like oh, <laughs> But so we went along and we're joining that we're joining that team as a way to, you know, having just moved to Sydney, though we know quite a few people here, it's nice to um, connect with some new people and also to to get along and and I, I want to get a little bit fitter and healthier. And so why not do it with like-minded people? So and that's what's really fabulous too. Kez, you mentioned there with that exhibition the history of Mardi Gras. And I think that's really important that we remember that it was 
you know, way back when it began, it was a political statement. It was like an act of rebellion to reclaim the streets and that incredible gay pride, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And the 78ers are still celebrated, of course, every year. They were the original people that that marched along the street, along Oxford Street, that came up against the rebellion with, unfortunately, with, um, with the police brutality at that time. That wasn't great but you know things are i think are turning uh you know it's now seen as a celebration we have the forces on our side to get behind it which is wonderful so but it's not it is not just all about the frivolity we come to this time of the year to celebrate all of us all the colors of the rainbow behind but also to remember where we came from and to also pay respect and be thankful that you know for those you know we stand on the the shoulders that of those that came before us and we need to be very grateful for that Mm. Um, I also love, one of the things I love about the LGBTQI community and, and Mardi Gras as an event is that it's, it really flies against ageism. And I read about um, one performer who, she's an 80-year-old an transgender woman who's still going strong, who's going to be appearing in the parade. I just love that inclusiveness, Kez. Mm. Look, and that's so essential. You know, the parade itself you know we're also seeing a lot of first timers that are coming through of course every year we have first timers which is so exciting to see those groups coming through we also have a lot of corporate sponsorship that comes through now i know that kind of divides some people about having this the sponsors coming in but without corporate sponsorship things festivals like this can't exist and we need to acknowledge those as well so it's not just about oh yay they want to have a, a bite of the queer dollar but they are putting money into a, a really expensive production as we know for anyone that's put on anything it costs a lot of money to put things on so it is essential that you know that we have those sponsorships so that's great that we can get behind those um but yeah but just about the age of like anybody can come in this parade and we're seeing all as i said all types all backgrounds and which is fabulous of course this year we're seeing it again differently it's going to be at the scg because of uh covid restrictions mm. well, the restrictions are lifting which is excellent but i marched in the parade last year with ABC Pride uh, into the SCG. And let me tell you, I, w- I mean, I'll never go into the SCG to watch a game of football, though I love <laughs> that people love football. <laughs> but that is not, that's not for me. But walking into the SCG and having that a packed stadium screaming and it's colourful and the music's blaring, there is nothing like it. It mm. was quite incredible. Yeah. So that um, as a participant was amazing. This year I'm actually going to be, because I'm going to be working on it, it's going to be televised on ABC. Fantastic. How exciting for the next for the next couple of years. So it will be on ABC iView uh, for catch-up but also live as well. And uh, I'm just working behind the scenes on it this year. So it will be something completely different. And let's hope the sun comes out and doesn't rain on our parade. Oh, I know, <laughs> darling. I hope that's, that's the case too. Well, you look amazing and I know you make everybody look amazing. You're truly a, a, a miracle worker when it comes to <laughs> making us all look gorgeous. <laughs> but um, thank you so much for bringing that little slice of Mardi Gras to Broad Radio today. My pleasure, darlings. Happy Mardi Gras. Yeah, you Happy have Mardi a fantastic Gras. time. Broad Radio, talking inspo we love, info we need and sharing more of us. Watch and listen live every Tuesday, 9am, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time at broadradio.com.au or find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn at Broad Radio Oz. Talk to us live. Call on 1300 8 Broad. 
Catch up on demand anytime, anywhere. Every time, everywhere. On the train, we'll be here. 2am existential crisis, we've got you covered. Broad Radio, here for more. Well, Diana, what joy it is to celebrate women and especially amplify the voices of women who are working so hard for change. And so I'm overjoyed to welcome our next guest. She's the co-founder of the podcast, The Outer Sanctum, which is one of my favourite podcasts. There's women talking about footy. Who doesn't love that? And then she's also the co-principal of Making the Call, which is an amazing mentoring program for aspiring female Aussie rules broadcasters. She's getting ready. She's on the way to the airport because yes. she's heading to Sydney, hopefully to win an award. Her name is Emma Race. Hi, Em. Hello, Diana. Hi, Joe. How are you? It's so nice to be with you. I can give you a full traffic report if you like. <laughs> so, it's, a new, it's a full news anchor show. <laughs> it's the best. I'm doing weather. I'm doing traffic out here. I've got sport for you later oh, on in the bulletin. Oh, well, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you're available to us when you are heading out to the airport because we were, we were just talking about travelling and being actual, anxious flyers mm. and certainly for myself, I would need to – I'm like a gate sitter. I like to be there at least two hours before the flight leaves so you know the fact that you're sitting there you know talking to us on the way there in the car is amazing so em congratulations on everything you've done the way you promote women in football particularly but sport generally but women on the field off the field in footy it's a true inspiration we're so grateful to you i am anyway um tell us about making the call specifically yeah, it's making the call is such a labour of love um, because I run it with my sister who is currently driving and looking for a car park at the airport. Great sister. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we, we're not Thelma and Louise, we're way more Selma and Patty, but it's such a delight <laughs> to be able to amplify women's voices, but to be doing it with my actual sister because there's a real authenticity with that. I can't really pull the wool over her eyes at any point. Um, and how it came about was, as you said, we are um, podcasters with The Outer Sanctum and we have been doing that for over seven years. And um, what we realised was that we were always talking about how there was pathways for women in sport and, and women in football especially. And what we didn't see was that being matched uh, in the broadcast boxes, which is where we kind of do most of our work. So where there's been lots of pushes to get people, women into boardrooms and, and diversity into boardrooms and on the field. And when I talk about women, I mean all women um, and non-binary people. And, um, and we just recognise that there was a gap there and we were going to do it anyway we were like well we can we can hook people up and then we had this idea and we took it to the Victorian State Government through the Office of Women in Sport and Recreation and they supported us which means that we've been able to take this a lot further than we thought we ever would and the dream is just one that keeps on giving we've got almost 40 graduates now and wow. there's uh, about 25 to 30 of them now working in the industry which is just mind-blowing Yes. So when someone, because the enrolments are open at the moment, applications are open at the moment. In fact, they close on the 10th of March. So if you are listening and watching this and thinking, oh my God, I really want to be a commentator. I think I need to join in because I've done some commentary for the AFL. Um, and I don't know if you've got any many Asian Australian women snorting and commentating the football. <laughs> we don't that have enough great. people that snort during the commentary at all, Diana. And we're for all diversities. And in fact, the course that we're calling out for at the moment 
does have a focus on trying to elevate um, women's voices from diverse communities. So that is from the called communities, um, from LGBTIQA plus community, from regional Victoria, yes. from, from people from diverse sports. Because, you know, as, um, as I think all feminists who study the application of feminism in the real world understand is that often it's white, cis, um, able-bodied women who are being elevated in the push for feminism. And we really believe in an intersectional and um, open and supportive sisterhood for all. And so that's, that's real, um, that's a real focus for this, this part of this course. And so we really do want people to apply who've got any interest. It's, it's not about having ever done it before, but really if you have a passion for sport, there could be a place for you in this community and we would love to support you on that journey. What's the response been like? Have you had resistance from mainstream media in this? It's so interesting, Jo. Um, we have had almost, I would say, 99% of the time the, so much support from industry. And what I think the change has been that they've known that they've had to change. They've known that change was required and they were going to get called out on it, but they also appreciate that a diverse commentary box makes the storytelling so much more interesting and it makes their broadcast so much better and so does not getting cancelled. So um, <laughs> we have had so much, um, so many people contacting us. The inbound calls from all of the networks have been extraordinary, but I will say this. It is unsurprising that nearly 100% of the gatekeepers and the people who are helping us from inside um, industry are all white men. Mm. So our next big step, <laughs> I think, is to make sure that there is a female head of sport at one of the Ooh. networks. Yeah. Could be you, Diana. Oh no, it could <laughs> be Joe. Oh, it's not me. No, I've got my own thing. To, I've got my own thing going on here. Me too. I've got my own thing. I'm chasing Keanu. So but, but the thing is, too, I, I wonder about the resistance from the audience because, I mean, I saw that terrible tweet um, yesterday or the day before Sarah Perkins playing for Gold Coast, and you know, people saying horrendous things, body shaming her, oh, and no. you know, it feels like the audience is so slow sometimes to to like the mainstream audience away from AFLW to catch on. Yeah, I think that's true, but I think what happens, um, I think that there's been a major shift, and I should be really clear and say we don't just talk about footy. So at making the call, we've got people who commentate lawn bowls, um, mm -hmm. cycling, women's baseball, men's baseball, basketball. Uh, we've had people working on the tennis, on the Olympics, all of those sports. Um, and I think that that when you see something like Sarah Perkins being trolled for the way that she looks on the field, what that demonstrates is that the people doing the talking have no idea what they're dealing with. Now, I look at that image and I see, well, obviously I see Sarah Perkins who can kick the absolute pigskin off that ball <laughs> totally. and who whose story of tenacity and her ability to overcome challenges has been one of the most extraordinary stories of my lifetime. Now, those people who are trolling her, they have no idea of that story. There's no way that they could. Um, and so when we have diverse commentary boxes or we have women telling that story, they tell the story of Sarah Perkins so differently because it lands differently and because they know what it feels like to be Sarah Perkins. You know, like I know what it feels like to feel... Um, nervous about putting on sports clothes and getting in the in the public eye and and i i just hate that sarah has to deal with that but mm. that i think that it's essential i think that it's actually part of the change to have more diversity in the commentary box because 
and you'll get people giving their authentic real world experience, which is more matched with the people who are on the field. What was it like for you commentating, Dana? Was it difficult? Because I, I find the thought of that terrifying, even just remembering a player's name. <laughs> I'd be like, number four, passes it to number seven. Look, yeah, look, if you've got a Hawthorne team, I would know the numbers and the team players, but I didn't know. So I was just like, like you just yell a lot and just say, yo, which is when they kick the goal. You know? <laughs> that was how I was commentating. I'm thinking that you're sharing a little bit more skill to the, to the actual, you know, the craft of commentating, Em. Yeah, we are. And I guess that when we started this whole process, what we were anticipating was getting a bunch of people who wanted to call play-by-play. And play-by-play has traditionally been really a space held by men and mm. Kelly Underwood. And um, <laughs> and we wanted to make sure that we were developing the next pathway of talent for, for those jobs. But what has happened, because, you know, you can never quite guarantee what the results are going to be, is that what we have now is women who are um, analysts and statisticians and, and producers and storytellers and writing features for The Guardian and ESPN and The Age and um, and... So it's been a much more holistic um, kind of uh, result, I think, that people, that all the women who've done our course come with all of their different skill sets and diversities as well. And we've been able to embed them into the industry to not just call play by play. Mm. So where we offer support uh, with our, especially with our introductory course, which is the one that we're calling out for applicants for now, is we give a really great overview of how it works, how teams are picked and, and how people are getting jobs and how you pitch. One thing that will not surprise you, but is something that we really try to help people overcome is that what we hear from the heads of sports departments is that men are knocking down the door. Mm-hmm. That every time these guys open their email, there's like 50 guys asking for a job and women just are not doing that. And there's a lot of reasons why they're not doing that because firstly, they've never been able to see themselves in this job. So why would they apply for something where they've got no one that they can see that looks like them? Mm. And secondly, little girls haven't grown up calling the play-by-play while they've been kicking footies in the backyard. Like, you know, because we, we weren't playing at the highest level. We didn't have anything to see to replicate that. So um, all of the skill sets, um, we need to start embedding them in earlier and earlier, mm. um, I think, into schools even. Um, but we just, there's been such a culture shift, I think, with the rise of women's sport and how popular all of our Australian women's teams are, and also with the rise of AFLW, that um, I think that we're going to see a huge cultural shift anyway. I think people will be more drawn to these kinds of, of jobs. And certainly this AFLW season, I can't, I think there's only been a, a handful of games where there's, there may not have been any games where there's not been a woman on the coverage. Whereas yeah. in the last couple of years, that was absolutely the norm. And mm. there might've been one or two um, women in um, commentary roles or expert commentary roles. And so now it seems really strange if it's an all-male commentary team. Mm. Oh, you're doing such great work, Em. You mentioned the AFLW there and, and um, you know, our girls playing. I know that you have three daughters. I have a daughter and my all of our girls play footy. Mm. I, and I have seen in my daughter a shift in her confidence just because she now plays a contact sport. And I reckon there's a lot about that that I can see her now being much more willing to go into a boardroom and demand a little bit more, you know, to be seen and heard in a different way because footy kind of gives you that, don't you reckon? 
Oh, totally, Joe. And like, I don't know if you guys have ever played. I don't know if you've played, Diana. You're a bit younger than me. Um, but um, <laughs> close one behind. of the first interviews we, <laughs> one of the first interviews we ever did on the Outer Sanctum was with Bridget Barker, who headed up the the huddle at North Melbourne, which is a really great community outreach that they have there. And she was she's she's been a player in her life. She's younger than me, and she also became a coach. And she headed up the Melbourne Uni Muggers, which is a really traditional footy team here in Victoria for women's footy. And she talked about the fact that girls who grow up knowing what it feels like to take a bump or to play contact sport, they walk differently down the street. And I couldn't help, it's never left me that theory because I actually don't really know what it feels like to be bumped. I don't know what my body's (laughs) capable of. I don't know how strong I am because I've never really tested it, not in that way. And so I think how wonderful. And I know that, you know, there can be some concerns around safety and concussion and all those things, but but as, as girls play from a younger age, they're learning the skills to do it properly. And I do see that same confidence in my daughters that they will pick up a footy, take it to school and, and, and they'll start the game. And I never would have had the confidence to do that. Yeah, I love it. Well, you we got to let you go because you've got to catch yes. a flight and you're heading to <laughs> Sydney because you're up for an award. Yay. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's the um, Sport Australia Media Awards, which um, we're pretty excited to go to. There's my sister Hi. and my partner in crime, <laughs> Selma to my Patty. Um, and so we're heading to Sydney and um, the awards are tomorrow night. Um, and it'll be fantastic. If we win, then, you know, that's fantastic. And if we lose, they clearly got it wrong. <laughs> no doubt you were bought absolutely um, thanks so much um, we do encourage you to head along to the website it's um, the Vic Gov uh, Change Our Game website is where you can register for this incredible mentoring program which can really launch you on who knows what career what career path it's amazing congratulations what to I you love about, thanks Joe and thanks Diana and, and just you know I love that broad uh, you and I actually had a conversation about this at a Christmas party several years ago Joe, about yes. your aspirations and and that we're both moving in this direction it helps us that you're doing what you mm. do because it means we're all coming up together we're all pushing for change at the same time and you know that's what I've learned that if we all just do our bit in the corner of the world that we can control or that we can help and assist with and throw the ladder down um then we'll all get there just a little bit quicker so i just i salute you at broad radio i absolutely love what you guys are doing and um it's been an absolute treat to talk to you today oh thanks love i did warn our followers on twitter that it was going to be an embarrassing fangirl session no we haven't we'll catch up next time yeah that's for off air um well good luck with the award and yeah do please uh yeah register your interest if you want to do this incredible program thanks to you em and your beautiful sister Luce. good luck good luck (laughs) thanks ladies bye bye I'm sorry I didn't let you talk about Hawthorne. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> We've, there's a divide in this room. <laughs> I'm a Collingwood supporter through and through. Uh, and I have been hurt by Hawthorne in the past. I just I have a lot of heal history. through it. Heal. It's good to do it together. <laughs> and I know what Hawthorne supporters are like. You and M would have just, you would have just. 
taken over. That's it. I wouldn't have been able to wrestle it back. Yes. Um, <laughs> hey, so I, just one last thing I want to talk to you about before we wrap up the show today, mm. Diana. I know and I'm just so inspired by your work and you have created a show for mm. Melbourne Theatre Company. Mm. So theatre shows are hard to make, right? Yes, it, 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 uh, it's easy when you're independent and you're doing it at the Melbourne Fringe, and mm. that's my that's my training from university. I'm a, a theatre maker, um, but yeah, uh, this is a multi million dollar theatre a play that I've mm. um, co written with uh, Petra Caleb at MTC, and yeah, it's it's massive journey for the last two years during lockdown. That's when we started writing this play called Lorinda, uh, and it's um, a really so honoured that this year it's going to be part of the season at MTC. Incredible. Is, yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's an adaptation from a book? Mm-hmm. Um, by Alice Pung, who is a, a role model. Uh, she she did an anthology called um, Growing Up Asian in Australia mm-hmm. and I was part of it in 20, 2008. My short story is called Five Ways to Disappoint Your Vietnamese Mother. Mm-hmm. And I remember Alice emailing me saying that's one of the hilarious stories I've ever read about you, you growing up with your mum, which is a story of itself if you want to see it chasing <laughs> Keanu Reeves this year. Um, but, yeah, she she endorsed me and said I want you to – write this with Petra, um, this story about a young 15-year-old girl who enters a private school, uh, you know, a, a suburban girl, a very low socioeconomic, but her parents have that, this dream for her to enter a new world, a new education, a new system. And, and we travel through her lens. And so it's very exciting. It's, the cast is all Asian Australian um, and I'm excited I'm excited to you know show what you can do during lockdown on multiple zooms <laughs> with Petra um, but yeah, it's been wonderful so yeah for people who buy a ticket like mm. they see a show they want to see and they buy the ticket and they go along and they sit in the audience and they imagine I guess that a play is written then you rehearse then you put it on right mm. it's so much more than that isn't it oh uh, so much more so the the writing um, development of it took about probably eight nine months like two times a week four hours on zoom and and luckily we had lockdown so we were consistently writing and living in this world Uh, and then you do multiple um, developments in the room so you get people to listen to it and act it out and you go oh that was that was not great take Mm. it out take it out rewrite rewrite um there's a playwright named felicia king uh, she's had a show at MTC called Golden Shield. She says the best script is when um, you do thousands of drafts. Wow! It's, you don't do one draft and you do, you know you don't put do it on five. You no, do multiple thousands. thousands of drafts. What are you looking for though in that in that development process where you're in the rehearsal room or the development room and you've got actors and they're they're giving you the lines? What are you What are you listening out for? Um, you're listening to points where it lands. Uh, as an audience so Mm. that's the thing about theater and you know we talked about movies before like Keanu Reeves that he's in a movie you can make judgment on it after you've watched it a couple of weeks later and go oh I you know didn't like it or liked it Mm. but with theater the um the the review is the moment you walk out Mm -hmm. you go I liked it or I didn't like it It, it's it's like a gut like yeah. it hits you straight away. So what we do as, you know, writers is we listen to where it hits, it lands, where we, it moves the story and it allows for um, empathy and um, or association um, to the story. So, uh, 
yeah, there's been a lot of crosses, <laughs> the giraffes. And like, you know, you think you're funny during lockdown, but you're not. So you're like, no, that wasn't a great joke. <laughs> not at all. Your jokes yeah. were different during lockdown because yeah, you, your because audience <laughs> was the same people you saw every day. And, you know, people laugh when, you're, when you've got nothing else to do. You That's tend it. to laugh at not much. <laughs> Like you're desperate. They're desperate, yeah. Whereas now we're out in the world, our standards have lifted a touch. That's it. And, <laughs> and that's why the development was so important is that you, you heard it from the, the readers where it landed and, and if it made sense in their mouths. Mm. So it might make sense in the writer that this is what they would say, but when an actor reads it, you get like, oh, hang on a minute. No, oh, there's something there. So you, you have to keep shifting and adapting the script. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, we're, we're in rehearsal end of June and we open August 6th of 2022. Wow, that's mm. been a long road. Yes. Yeah, two years. Yeah. And how long will it run here in Melbourne and will it tour? Four weeks. Mm-hmm. Four. It will run for four weeks. Um, and the great thing about being a writer is, you know, you – um, it's just the royalties of some theatre company in around the world picks it up. Yes. <laughs> <gasps> Take me to New York or London. Petra and I would love it. Um, but, yeah, I think I think one of the things we've learnt with the pandemic is that you can write anywhere. Mm. Um, you can, you know, create a show like this anywhere. You, that's what you did during, you know, that's where you started your show. Yeah, we created broad radio during lockdown. Before and... the studio happened. Well, I feel blessed to be someone who creates, though. Yeah. I I just think that that's a real gift because some people don't have that vocabulary to Mm -hmm. go, okay, what is it I can create? And I don't, you know, you might be a writer, you might be a singer, you Mm. might just dance in your lounge room, but some people sort of aren't yet versed in how to connect with that part of themselves. I feel really lucky that I have that. Well, that's why we connected. I think that's why our synergy is very similar is because you are a creative entrepreneur. Mm. Like you're always consistent creating. And I remember you came on the Snortcast two years ago and Emma talked about, you know, you had this broad radio idea. And I remember you talking about it on my show mm. about broad radio and, and you created it and that's why we're here. And then we've got this team around you. It's been a long journey too, <laughs> yes. yes. And when you write the play about broad radio, that'll be another two years <laughs> it's a long everything's a long journey i just want to say a shout out to some of the people who've been sharing their thoughts along the way in the show today which has been so lovely H.A. says to us small cells make the organism and women need to keep creating these spaces such as broad future women etc because yes i agree with you small cells make the organism we all it's like just this beautiful movement that's mm. reaching out like tentacles that's it yes and thank you to katrina who says women's sports commentators change the tone and dynamic it's so true such a difference to hear that voice and to that that perspective hey diana thanks for being my guest co-host today we'll have to have have you back another time thanks for having me on it's been so joyful oh by the way you're heading off to adelaide of course because you're an ambassador for the adelaide fringe i know it's a lot of things i am um yes i'm heading to adelaide fringe next week for the fringe festival it's gonna be so great it's it's the start of the festival circuit Mm. so you know uh, melbourne's right after then sydney and brisbane with chasing keanu Reeves. so come chase me Get out and see the show and see lots of shows because, oh my gosh, it's time to support our performers. They've been um, struggling, of course, over the last two years. It's great to see them back. And we'll be back with Broad Radio next week. We'll see you then.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.